what's a good I don't even know I, I don't even want to I don't even want to think of a creative thing because we've already f- futzed around with too much too much crap so <laughs> we watched it. I, it, it it wasn't even us it was it was it was I don't even want to talk the about universe. it I don't even want to talk about it let's just Wow, 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 Hey guys, welcome back to Rune Terrible Radio, episode number 12. I'm your host of Blevins. Joining me as always is Saucy Mailman. What's up, buddy? Yo. And we are joined today by the geek scribe himself from Dot Esports, Danny Space Coast. Welcome. What's up, guys? Thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. No, thank you uh, for being on. You, uh, you kind of, I think, opened up the uh, floodgates for a lot of people in not like in like the mainstream gaming world uh, f- of some some really great content creators, including Saucy Millman, who's on the show right now. Uh, <laughs> for for the the article you wrote about uh, the different uh, Legends of Runeterra streamers, which was awesome. So really appreciate that, and glad to see that like you know. Folks from the the gaming media world are actually picking up Runeterra. It's really nice to see that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> I've been waiting for it since November. Uh, just you know, very anxiously awaiting it and hoping and praying that it was as successful as I thought it might be. And I really think it's gonna be. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, well, we're we're here on a uh, podcast about the game, so we obviously have a little bit of faith yeah. in it. Take a fail, I don't care. <laughs> well, I, I, I know, I think the sort of the big thing that gets myself and Saucy at least excited about, uh, uh, if you're playing, also if you're playing the Rune Terrible Radio drinking game, we did just uh, mention the name of a card, so take a shot. Um, also, it might be against Twitch Terms of Service to say that, so don't actually take a, sh- take a shot of water. Um, I said get excited, by the way, for those playing at home. Um, but what actually... Uh, is really interesting is that we come from uh match the gathering background which i know in the little bit of research i did as a as a true podcast host on you danny i know you come from a magic the gathering background as well so what's what's been really sort of intriguing to you about runeterra coming from uh that sort of background well yeah i mean with magic i mean i was playing since mid 90s late 90s um obviously paper um, for those who don't know, um, but took a break, uh, raised a kid by myself, came back into it uh, a few years ago. Uh, we started doing like pre-release events and stuff like that and got into obviously Arena when it launched. And I love Arena. I love Magic. Don't get me wrong. But with Runeterra, it's just, I don't know. I'm in awe. I'm mm-hmm. in complete shock and awe about how awesome, how hooked I am on it. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I have not touched Arena. If it wasn't for Worlds last weekend, I would not have touched Arena in the last <laughs> three weeks. Yep. At all. <laughs> yeah, it's it. I mean, I, and I don't have quite the length of time having played Magic, but I mean, I've still been playing for fifteen years. You know, yeah. since, since the early two thousands, um, and did the whole paper thing. Did the 
the Grand Prix circuit, PTQs, all that, all that stuff was in a, a very competitive community and, and played in that. And yeah, I mean, I lost that, um, that like spark to, to play magic when Hearthstone first came out. Um, because the digital aspect of it was super appealing to me. It's like, I, so convenient. <laughs> yeah, it's so convenient. And I mean, it's not even that it's convenient because I literally lived above a magic, like a card store. Like, yeah. not a, like I was actually the apartment above a card store and my roommates were the owners. So I'm not, it's not even hyperbole for me to say I lived above a card store. So I, I could, and a lot of times did go to every single event that was there. Cause I would just be able to go downstairs. Um, so it's not even necessarily the convenience. It's just like the, there's so many things that, um, we take as needed because they were needed for a paper game. You know, you do have to have these certain, these rule sets and you need to have judges. You need to have, uh, you know, you can't do certain things and, and there needs to be shuffling. I think at the end of the day, it's shuffling to me. A lot of shuffling. fetch lands and, you know, shuffling and, and all this stuff. And it's just like, you don't need any of that for, uh, to play a digital game and i think hearthstone really i mean it literally changed the world of card games forever and really pushed us into the this is a digital game that happens to be a card game not a card game that reported a digital which is what magic online was and i did many many years and thousands of dollars into that as well yeah. um so yeah i completely echo the like i mean i still play arena from time to time because i um, you know, I still love magic and I still like to play and I also, um, you know, write for, uh, streamer showdown. So I keep up with magic in general, but you know, it's not like I'm grinding like I am with Runeterra. I don't have a MTG arena podcast and I'm not going to be starting one, uh, unless wizards you want to, uh, to pay me to do one, <laughs> in which case, uh, email blevmedia gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> Shameless self promotion. If you're playing the drinking game at home, uh, there it is. Yeah, that you're <laughs> So uh, besides, um, besides sort of magic and in LOR, uh, Danny, where 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 else is your gaming background lie? Honestly, that is like the main part. I mean, unless you mm-hmm. want to go all the way back to um, let's go, you know, the old arcade days. <laughs> sure. I mean, first, the first game I ever played was Pong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I grew up playing D and D, um, yeah. and, magic and stuff like that. And I mean, I have star Wars battlefront too. I suck at it, but I have it. <laughs> um, you know, but I never really, I, I never got much into, um, a lot of just the third person shooters or mm-hmm. anything like that. My, my thing's always been chess card games, mm-hmm. um, things like that, um, which is Runeterra kind of because the way they launched the regions and deck building mm-hmm. and the way the meta is right now, it's I find it almost superior to when Arena first started. If you look at the standard rotation, then I mean the meta was set almost instantly um, in Magic, and here we are bouncing one day full control, next day aggro burn, and we're all replacing Heimerdingers and Teemos and yep. stuff we all thought was going to be horrible is now amazing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it just it blows my mind. I mean, every day it just blows my mind mm-hmm. how awesome it is. I don't know. 
I know I, I, when uh, Mogwai was talking about it and how it kind of like um, revived a spark in him. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel. I mean, I can literally sit and play for hours and I'm yeah. trying all these different crazy jank builds <laughs> and it's fun. It's just fun. And the matches are so much faster too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a huge part. Um, is you're just able to really go. There's not a lot of roping going on, which is nice. Um, <laughs> not yet, at yeah. least. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> don't, don't worry, they'll they'll come. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll find creative ways to waste people's time. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, and it to to piggyback too. It's it's felt like I, I didn't even feel this way when Hearthstone first came out because I mean, we've talked about it on the, on the show so much. It's like Hearthstone came out and the, the first set of Hearthstone, you know, credit recorded do it was, it was amazing. They did a lot of yeah. great things for the industry and all that. But like the first set of Hearthstone is vanilla. Yeah. It's not even French vanilla. It is, it is nice and plain and simple and let's get the systems in, which is great. But you know, Runeterra has the benefit of being what is it, five years, six years later than than Hearthstone or whatever. Maybe even more than that if you count when the when Hearthstone was first being developed. Um, it's it it's been able to to iterate on that uh, and and really and really get get there. So, um, I mean, as someone who's producing content for Legends of Runeterra and covering the the scene for Legends of Rutier, what are your hopes for uh, LOR at, at a larger scale? I mean, are, are you expecting to see like a, a you know, esports scene? Is it going to be casual? Or what, what, are, what are your hopes for it? And what are you expecting? Well, you know, as far as esports go, um, one of the first things they mentioned uh, before the pre release was that they wanted to be done organically, mm-hmm. which I think is a great idea. You know, they did that with LOL, Riot did. And to force it, I think you can look at, you know, Wizards of the Coast forcing Arena um, competitively all the issues they had last year mm-hmm. in 2019. It was a mess. And you don't want to force it. I do want competitive, though. <laughs> I can't wait for it. Yep. Um, and I think it'll be successful. But at the same token, CCGs are different than, say, Fortnite or mm-hmm. LOL or, you know, especially if you're considering an audience. Um, it's kind of like watching golf with a CCG because you can't gasp or start clapping when someone top decks that bomb because mm-hmm. um, then it's a tell and you're going to throw off the entire match. Right. Um, and, but you know, you don't have those issues with, you know, Overwatch and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I still think that there is so much room for a competitive scene and I do believe it will happen. I mean, grassroots stuff's already starting to pop up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's usually a good sign, not a telltale sign, but a good sign that it will evolve over time. And I mean, come on, we're only what four weeks in, not even right. four weeks into yeah. the beta. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But guys, Hearthstone already had a pro tour at this point. It's like, um, yeah. uh, A, no, it didn't. And B, I actually know. I, I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that article written about. Legends of Runeterra, but I did see a similar article written by I won't even call I'm not going to call him out, uh, written by someone in the scene for a, uh, a a news outlet that I won't name um, about TFT, and I was like, hey, 
the information you're quoting is just wrong. It's anecdotal and it's wrong. And B, uh, the conclusion you're drawing from it anyway is also wrong. So I was very distraught, but uh, uh, neither neither here nor there. The, the thing for me that, because when I first heard the, uh, I, when they first announced or, or mentioned that, um, that line that you're uh, quoting here or referencing Danny is, is they want it to be uh, organic. At first I was like, Oh, so that means we're not going to get support. Right. Uh, Or like, they're not going to push it and it's just going to be a bunch of like, you know, uh, homegrown tournaments, which can be fine for sure. But I'm like, well, I, you know, it's riot. I kind of want them to put stuff into it. Um, But a, I don't think that that's necessarily true. Like they, they still can support. Like it can be homegrown, and they can still support that. The other thing that I think a lot of people don't think about when you're not like dealing heavily in, in like working heavily in the scene is like when the developer is hands off with how the community can do tournaments. That's a good thing because take a look at Nintendo and what they've done over the years with like melee melee is yeah. one of the most diehard esports uh, and competitive groups period. Yeah. And Nintendo over the years has actively tried to stop them from doing things like, yeah, exactly. They shut down or did not allow Evo to actually, uh, to actually happen for melee. It's like, Hey, yep. Uh, we own the game. We own the broadcast rights. You can't do this. Uh, so it's just something that, you know, I, in talking with people when, when they first heard, oh, um, you know, LOR is going to be grassroots, it's like, um, well, I guess that means that they're not doing competitive. So I guess that's just going to be a casual game. It's like, no, actually, uh, that's not what it's going <laughs> that, that doesn't mean yeah. that. And also, it's a good thing that they're saying that. So. Um, well, the grassroots scene has changed so much in the last 10 years. Sure. Too. Sure. You know, and I, if there's enough interest in it, it'll happen mm-hmm. one way or another, it will happen. And honestly, I don't want Riot to have, and well, I take that back. I want Riot to be able to support it yeah. and to have input. However, there has to be some kind of line. Because I find with Wizards of the Coast, there's just such an iron fist on everything yep. that it's turned into one hot mess. I mean, I had to write a guide for Worlds just on how things were taking place and how people got in and what are all the tournaments that are leading up yep. to it. And even that, I mean, I was getting lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't want to see that happen with LOR. That's one of the things I really want or hope that riot will avoid when we get to that point because if it becomes too complicated then players aren't interested mm-hmm. nobody's interested viewers aren't interested because they can't follow it they can't keep up with it and yeah it, it'll just fall apart yeah you look at i mean i'm not trying to say that the old magic format was super clear but back in my day it was like it was simpler. It was <laughs> at least somewhat simpler. It's like it, the lowest level event that is sanctioned by Wizards. It's like an F and M, or technically you can have like sanctioned events that are just like one offs or whatever. But like yeah. F and M 
is your basic thing. You go a step up and you've got uh I'm even before like the PPTQs or what we used to call pre-TQs. You had old style. Actually, I think they're back to this now. I, I don't I, I don't even know. Uh but you got PTQs at the next level. Then you got Grand Prix uh, at the next level. And then if you qualify, then you get to the Pro Tour. And like there's some, there used to be like regionals and nationals and other things. Like even that is confusing. But I'm like, I look and I'm like, okay, there's Magic Fests, which used to be Grand Prix. There's like World Championships. Then there's the Players Tour. There's the Matt, like, Matt and I'm 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 just sitting here like what the f- is that like no idea what's going on with all these yeah. things it's like like okay I get maybe why you might rename Grand Prix because there's nothing inherent about the name Grand Prix that makes me think oh this is like a high level competitive amateur yeah, open exactly. where like the Pro Tour was pretty self-explanatory what it meant it was like the tour of professional events that happened that you had to be qualified for not that hard but now they've got like different variants of it and some some of it is like on arena exclusively and some of it is in paper and it's like well i mean you guys know like if talking about even if we're just coming from thanking magic yeah like think of star city games for instance how many i mean how many star city games tournaments have you guys played in i mean i played in probably literally hundreds of star city games tournaments and it's like those aren't that's not wizards doing it right um so i mean if we have you know those are huge things that happen um just because the developer of the game isn't the one putting on the tournament doesn't mean tournaments aren't going to happen for legends of runeterra yeah and and that's exactly right yeah and so I mean, Danny, you write for uh, it, it dot esports. Esports are obviously something that you care about, because um, I see in the digital card game, you know, market right now, there's such a void for esports. I mean, Hearthstone's really been doing a great job of shooting itself in the foot. Right. Uh, Wizards like, like, oh, we like what. News. Yeah, we we like what uh, Blizzard does. They like to just shoot themselves in the foot. Let's do that as well. <laughs> um, do Do you feel like? you know, this game could like legends of retire could, you know, have the ability to take over that competitive market that we have this big void for. Actually, I think that's going to be one of the biggest things that will launch room Terra really into the stratosphere, so to speak is I, cause one thing the developers have really proven so far is that they can learn from others mistakes, whether mm-hmm. it be Hearthstone, whether it be arena, then catering to the community and how they wanted to design everything from ground up. Mm-hmm. And if we get to that competitive scene, I truly believe that they're going to take all the mistakes that have been made up to this point and learn from them and be able to take it to a whole nother level that we actually haven't seen um, since, you know, Hearthstone really uh, first launched in, mm-hmm. in the competitive scene. And I think that'd be great because there is a, a viable market. <laughs> My dog's going crazy. <laughs> he likes There's your a viable market uh, for CCGs. There really yeah. is. Uh, if I think it, you, uh, if you ask your dog what the uh, competitive scene for uh, t- uh, online TCGs is right here, they would say rough. Yes, <laughs> I wish I had a rim shot sound effect, but I don't because that was the dumbest joke I've ever made. Um, uh, uh, I'm not going to say that. No, no, that's true. I have said some really dumb things. Uh, hashtag uh, Rune Terrible Radio uh, branded heat shirts will be available soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, we can talk about how we're all very, uh, on board and, and hopeful for Legends of Runeterra, um, you know, competitive and esports and all that stuff. Uh, till the cows come home, as they say, but it'll be more fruitful to talk about when they actually announce something or do something. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, move on here a little bit before we talk about the news and the new patch. Oh, by the way, guys, did you know that there's a new patch out? Um, oh, we, what? We got to ask the important question here for yeah. you, Danny. What is your favorite board? And, and more importantly, what's your favorite guardian to use? All right, well, Saucy's going to like this one because. Don't uh, say, say it ain't so. First one I got was T Hex, obviously. Woo! Oh, All right, I win. <laughs> show's over. Oh, All right. And yep, that all was in. a Rune Terrible Radio episode 12. Thank you for listening. Oh, oh man. Yes. Man, there's just no. Now, I might love. get the Basilisk next, but I'm kind of holding off uh, for the next patch to see what else they're going to drop. That's true. Um, but I like Reckoner's Arena. Um, although I, I did go with hex text. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did. I had to, um, <sighs> the whole yeah. P and Z is just, it's tight. I'm sorry. It's, it looks good. <laughs> oh man. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, forgot that the bass list was an option. So I think that's actually a pretty underrated, um, except for Gromp jr. Uh, any Gromp gangers in chat? What's that? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's just me. I Got can't it. the shark though. Every time I see the shark, I hear my wife going, baby, sure. <laughs> yeah. Can't. I can't. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. When uh, I was playing with uh, uh, a friend of the show, Rod Rod Johnson, on his uh, on his stream, he had the baby shark, and I just kept going. <laughs> and he's like, is that making the noise, or is that you? I'm like, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Like, I would just keep doing it over and over again just to mess with it. It was great. Um, okay, so uh, banned from the show for not uh, for, for picking T-Hex like a poser, but uh, I kid, I kid. Um, I can't wait for Blevins to realize that I pay every single guest before the show. So. <laughs> you, buy like the you buy them yeah. a T-Hex. You buy them a T-Hex. If I buy you T-Hex, will you use it? <laughs> you say it just like that. Hello, son, I've got a fine proposition for you. Bring like, me tea. There was, there was, there's no ass kissing going on here. Check my Twitter feed. I said I wanted tea hacks like months yeah, ago. Yeah, that is true. Before we were friends. To gain the strength of rivers. Um, okay. More, so. Okay. Second important question, okay. though. Uh, what are your top three favorite cards currently? All right. Um, currently, <laughs> I'm so stuck on that. So, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I love the fact that if you can get him to um, level up and use it more like a control deck and just wipe out everybody, mm -hmm. to me, that's just so satisfying. Um, but I love Teemo. Like I said, it was the first champion I fully unlocked. What the um, is that? I know. I love Arachnoid Sentry. Great three drop. I mean, Arachnoid yeah, Sentry is just an awesome. Radiant Guardian is a sleeper I like, too. I Ooh. can't wait for that card. What do you mean Bane really Slayer Angel's a good card? <laughs> yeah, that card is so strong. Um, and of course, you know, all the meme stuff. I'm, I'm just a memer. You know, Heart of Fluffed, <laughs> I mean, I even wrote an article on it knowing it would bomb. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's a great card. <laughs> and you can kill it and it just comes right back. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. What are your top three least favorite cards currently? Shark Chariot. <laughs> <gasps> okay. 
I really don't like that one either. That I mean, is anybody even playing that card? I am uh, in <laughs> in War Moother's calls. <laughs> in War Moother's call. <laughs> Deck's amazing. Oh man. When you when you can just throw six cows into any deck, you know you have the perfect game. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. My I feel so like Shark Chariot, Catalyst of Eons, we have one more. Um, I don't even have one more, honestly. Uh, There's no card that infuriates you or makes you want to throw a really. wheel of cheese at your neighbor. No, I mean, even though even the most annoying cards, I respect them. Um, and that's actually one of the things I really like again about LOR is just that you know you can go through and there's so many cards who okay, yeah, I'm not playing that or this one's not getting played, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's not going to get played. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. we've, with the way the metas just keep evolving and changing, there's there. I do want to see, um, uh, what was it? Uh, Funsmith. I think Funsmith mm. really needs a buff. Um, if Funsmith got a buff, I mean, that's probably one of my least favorite cards right now to put in because it's just, there's no value to it. Yeah. But if it, if it got a buff, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That, I, that's a card that I've gotten in um, in Expeditions before. And, like, if you can stick it, it's so powerful. Yeah. That's, like, the pro- like. I am afraid if that card gets buffed, I am afraid because that just like that will control a whole game. If you can get that on, on online. Well, that's yeah. That's one of those cards that could like legitimately spawn an entire archetype behind it. Like think of how good withering whale gets all of a sudden and vile feast. There's like so many, like so many cards became just insane. Yeah. I mean, grasp doing extra damage is really good. <laughs> yep, I'm. I'm wondering. Um, I'm wondering what's the what's the is it called Cloud Drinker? Is that the one that like reduces the cost of all of your burst spells? Uh, yeah, I think that's I think what so. it's called. That like big wheel thing. Um, yeah, because they 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 buffed him right in before the open beta. No, started. they've nerfed him preemptively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because nerfed... he was gonna be broken. That's yeah, what it was. was. Yeah. It was. It used to be reduce all of your burst spells by two, and now it's only by one. Yeah, I think there's got it. There's got to be something there because, like, I get that they want to, they want to pre, like, they don't want it to be a problem, but uh, they don't want it to be a problem. But uh, also, like, they had to have something in mind, right? If, <laughs> uh, if if they preemptively nerfed it, but maybe it was just like. Ezreal combo that, that that can make sense. It's like, oh, now all of your uh, mushrooms cost zero. Actually, wait, they still do cost zero. I may have I may have stumbled upon something. Uh, <laughs> Decklist by the end of the show. Uh, just, just kidding. <laughs> I, I have not actually. I just I literally just came up with it off the top of my head. But let's talk about some news here. I mean, this isn't really like it's news enough. I I'm I'm calling it, we're we're calling it news. Therefore, it is news. There, uh, we've created it as news. I say it's news, therefore it. Okay, not getting political. Uh, <laughs> Prismat, uh, former guest on the. Well, I mean, yeah, past guest on the show, friend of the podcast, hit rank one NA with the Ezreal combo almost exclusively, according to his Twitter. Uh, I have loved that deck, by the way, the Ezreal combo, the Freljord, Keenzy, Ezreal control deck. Get a bunch of of puff caps 
level up Ezreal and uh, and kill him. Yep. It's really become one of the pillars of the meta too now. Yeah. Um, and another pillar of the meta was, uh, I think, popularized at least a decent amount by another former guest of the show, Casanova, who hit rank two in NA with the Timo Draven aggro deck uh, made uh, in collaboration with Gummy, who is a friend of the show, and uh, I think Bagel something. No, I feel bad because I didn't have it off my hand. Yeah, you got that right. It's something It's something with Bagels. Um, and they may be in the Discord, but they're not as active as Gummy. Gummy is very, very active in the Discord. Shouts to Gummy. Uh, and also shouts to Casanova for getting so... Uh, high on the ladder with that, but I'm, all I'm saying is that uh, you 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 come on the show, you you climb up to the top of master. I'm just yeah. putting it out there. <laughs> yeah, it's how it works. Um, which is awesome. So shout outs to all uh, all of them, and uh, we love it. It's it's great. I mean, it's awesome to see that people in the Rune Terrible Radio community are climbing up the top of the ladder. But it's just nice to see like these cool decks because like you think about it. La- like literally last week i mean people knew about the ezreal deck but it wasn't like it wasn't where it is now right it no, wasn't yeah. the like this is a pillar of the meta this is a this is the control this is the rock or the paper whatever you want to call it yeah um and now we've really got uh now we've really got another one of those pillars in this timo draven deck which is like yeah this is super super different um than the other decks so and it's very much a all-in aggro deck like it's playing decimates <laughs> yeah 3x decimate it's uh yeah it, it's a world where decimate is a legitimately strong card in the game like makes me feel really happy yeah that's a good old-fashioned lava axe uh still yeah. getting the job done actually it's worse than lot well it does less damage than Lava Axe as well, so I don't, I don't say it's yeah. better or worse. But um, we, Danny, did we lo- did we lose you, bud? Can we still hear? No, we still hear? I'm still here. Oh, okay, I'm cool. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought I I thought you said so you had. Y'all are in your zone right now. I'm <laughs> That's the That's life of a always. podcaster. You're used to just talking to yourself for so long. It's just, just nice constantly to... talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, and that is why I write. <laughs> <laughs> So good, so good. Uh, speaking of writing, this is an awkward segue. Uh, some patch notes were written recently. <laughs> Jeez, that was a stretch. That was my a dude. real. That was a wow, real stretch. That was a great transition. Yeah, yeah, good one. That's that's what we call pro podcasting. Um, that was terrible. That was was. That was yeah, worse so we got uh, patch 0.9.0, <laughs> the first uh, That's big, pro quote unquote, big balance <laughs> balance patch. Um, I the, something I really want to speak to, and I want to get your opinion on this, actually, Danny. Um, is so th- we saw the the first actually, you know, buffs and nerfs um, of cards, but a lot of people were thinking that they were going to do um, buffs and nerfs similar to other card games where like all of a sudden they're like, Hecarim as now was a one four and like just <laughs> decimate cards into the ground. Yeah. Um, but it's appearing as if they're taking the stance on small incremental changes since they're, you know, doing patches every other week. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you feel? Do you like that they're doing small changes, even if it doesn't affect the meta as much? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the problem with anytime you do a big change, you're going to get, 
um, a lot of people that are probably going to get upset about it, especially if they've invested, you know, in that card or their deck or whatever. But if you do minute little small changes, say like deny, it. it's not as viable as it was last week, but it's still a good freaking card. Mm -hmm. It can still get used. It's still being used in control decks. Maybe not three copies, one or two instead. But you know, these these little changes, these little nerfs or buffs that they make every couple of weeks, I think are brilliant. And if it continues that way, not only will the meta always shift just a little bit here and there, but we're going to see so many other archetypes and so many other decks starting to get discovered or start to get played because that's what creates such a stale meta usually mm -hmm. is that there's a giant change, whether it's a new set that comes out mm -hmm. or it's one major nerf or buff or whatever it may be. And then, so everybody shifts, and now that's all everybody plays for like the next three months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because I had this, um, I had this happen because I, I was streaming the day the patch came out. And I'm always used to anytime a card gets nerfed, because I came from Hearthstone, when a card gets nerfed, it's, it doesn't exist anymore. Like that card <laughs> is no longer a thing. And I was playing a game and I got blown out by Rasa because I forgot people would still be playing Rasa. Because I'm like, wait, it got nerfed. Why is that card being played? I was like, I mean, it's one mana. Like, because so, in so my mind, I'm like, good. if a card gets nerfed, it doesn't exist. Like, yeah. that card's no longer in the set. It disappeared. And I was like, yeah, no. Like, Rasa still completely does the same thing. It's still good. And same with Lidros. Like, mm -hmm. just like every card that got nerfed, I was still seeing play. Um, and that made me feel really, really good about <laughs> about the state of the game. I know we're, again, we're four weeks in and we're in the beta. You guys, shut up. I get it. But it made me feel good. <laughs> yeah. It made me feel good. You know, um, they say that Ledros, or Commander Ledros was nerfed because he cost nine mana now. But I had an opponent in Expedition. Um, I forget what the card's called, but the five mana birthing pod guy that destroys uh, a... Emitter? Yeah. Destroys and then gives you a unit that costs two more. Yeah, uh, they did that to their Anivia and got a Ledros off of it. <laughs> uh, so actually, uh, Ledros buff confirmed. Uh, yeah. I, I did not that's... win that game, by the way. No, that's pretty gross. <laughs> it was pretty gross. Um, we're not going to go through all the changes. Guys, go to uh, playrunterra.com slash news or click the news button the link is on there i'll put the link in the description of the notes too if you want to read through the changes yourselves there's a lot of ui and background information on the philosophy of the changes um but let's take a moment here and talk about a couple of the cards um that jump out and since you mentioned it uh danny i'll start yeah, sure. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Yasuo. Yeah, let, let, let's start it off. Let's talk about Yasuo. You you are a Yasuo enthusiast. I know a friend of the show, Eric Thomas, has been on the Yasuo train for quite some time. I think since like literal day one, he snap crafted the Yasuos. Uh, so what do you think? Is this Yasuo? And and, and by the way, the um, for those listening, the uh, level up requirement has gone from stunning or recalling six units to stunning or recalling five units so a little bit easier to level them up what do you think about this change overall the five does make it a little easier but there's still so many holes within the deck itself i mean mogwai literally spent eight hours today and i watched and listened to just about all eight hours <laughs> of him trying to tweak it and trying just different um ways of 
helping the deck succeed. The, the biggest problem with Yasuo is uh, your early game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You get them out and you start casting those spells and you start just tearing apart your opponent. But in the early game, you can just get crushed. I mean, mm-hmm. with an aggro deck, especially like the burn one that came out today, um, there's no chance of survival at all. Um, and I mean, every deck has a weakness, but yeah. it's it's certainly, I don't think it'll ever hit tier one at the point it's at now. It's probably tier three, maybe tier two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still love it. <laughs> it's fun to play. <laughs> Yeah, the Yasuo decks are really cool. I think one of the biggest problems with it is the games where you have Yasuo feel so good. The games you don't draw them feel really, really bad. Oh, that is mm-hmm. the truth. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like that's part... I think the philosophy of deck building may shift because of that feeling. Not even necessarily for Yasuo, but like... I mean, we talked about this before with Teemo, and, and Mogwai kind of pointed this out. It's like, yeah, if you invest all of your resources on Timo and like invest into him flipping and getting a hundred million puff caps. It's like, yeah, the times you get that to happen, it's going to be super fun and awesome. But like, is the deck competitively viable? Probably not. Cause you can just counter no. the, the, the Timo or sometimes you just don't draw it. Uh, Yasuo feels the same way. And my problem with Yasuo is twofold. Um, I think his ability is a very arguably the most, defensive ability um in the game like because like you're a you're stunning or recalling units which is very defensive yeah. be like you're dealing damage to them and like basically acting as a removal spell um mm-hmm. to uh to those units as well so you're doing very defensive things but he's a four three for four quick attack like that is <laughs> you know so like it, it almost seems like he's doing both things which isn't necessarily a bad thing like you can have like a you know a, a tempo-y deck where you know he's attacking and doing damage but also he's playing defensively it just feels more um it feels more at home with like a like a more defensively like statted or like mm-hmm. he he's like part offense part defense maybe that's part of his design but that seems a little off and then yeah the other thing is like a, the games you don't draw them, it feels really bad. And the, and the part of the reason it feels really bad is like a lot of the stun and recall units or um, cards are like kind of lackluster ish uh, without him, right? Like you can play the three mana stun and attacking uh, unit, but it's like that's all, it's an all right card, but it's not one that you super want to be playing in and of itself without Yasuo. Uh, I mean, William of Ionia is definitely a card you do want to be playing uh, at least some number of copies of, but like a lot of them are like, yeah, this is not really doing too much. So, um, yeah, the other cards are good, but you're right. Without Yasuo, it's, it's, it's kind of flat. Yeah. Um, I want to know why he doesn't have a, a a unit that draws him like a, like, (laughs) yep. Yeah, that would be cool if there was like a Yasuo's fan, if there was like a fan for every, <laughs> if there was a way to draw it specifically. I mean, I kind of, thematically, it makes sense for Draven, right? It's like you've got Draven's number one fan or whatever, and because that's like his theme. Yasuo's, isn't, isn't Yasuo, I mean, I, I haven't finished reading. He's a loner. Right. So it's like you play a card, it, it is nothing, and it summons Yasuo because he wants to be around nothing or no one. Um, 
That would be an I interesting it. one. It's just called Yasuo's, and it's just blank. It's just it's Yasuo's just Yasuo's under underline. Yeah, underline. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do think it's cool, and I think specifically for uh, expedition, this is a good change because it is a lot easier to um, yeah now flip him. But man, Yasuo is one of those champions that's so annoying to play against because like some of the car like minotaur is the one that jumps to mind it's like man that's just like a slow death and i can't do much about death it of a thousand cuts yeah and the three health is good i mean i was complaining about how he's not super defensively statted but if he was any more defensively statted i would probably hate the card actively. yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I thought it was a very, like, if we're speaking specifically to the buff they gave him, I thought it was a very clean design. Um, yeah. Just changing the quest. I don't, I like his stats where he's at. Again, I think if they added like another health, he's going to be a disaster. Um, him yep. being at three health is important because you can still yeah. kill him with things like grasp or mm -hmm. the box or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was a very elegant design. That was the word I was looking for. Elegant. Yeah, you know, you throw another health on him, and that card is brutal. Yeah. yeah. Brutal. But they, I mean, they said it was specifically for expeditions. It really wasn't for constructed. Mm -hmm. Personally, I've been trying to make it for constructed, <laughs> but it wasn't. Right. <laughs> It'll happen. Yeah. Four, three to four is a gigantic breakpoint in terms of health in this game. So especially on a quick attack champion, like that's that's what's crazy. If you give quick attack more health, it's like oh, so good. Wait. Giving quick attack health doesn't affect. Yeah, attack. for like combat math. Wait. Math that, is for blockers. May I? May I? 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 I I'm I'm dumb braining right now. Uh, let's move on and talk about another card that we mentioned before, uh, and one that we've had almost an entire section of the show devoted to it before. Deny, one of the most I've heard of that card, if not the most, I think argued about card period in legends of runeterra you're probably right has gone from a three cost to a four cost and i think if i recall correctly my opinion on the show when we last talked about it was guys have you never played around negate before have you not like it's not that big of a deal it doesn't hit your creatures it doesn't this that and the other thing and i think i've changed my I've shifted my opinion on it slightly I'm actually in favor of this cost increase specifically because it will always cost you one mana minimum of your turns allotted mana mm -hmm. um, being able to pay for it up front essentially you know by banking three spell mana I think it was something that when we talked about it before, which it was either super early on in open beta or after like one uh, of the preview patches, I um, was not, I, I did not value or really evaluate the like, oh, well, I can just like save three spell mana and this is essentially free. Like that is a, I think one of the biggest like skill flexors in this game is knowing like, being mana efficient means a different thing than it does in Magic the Gathering. Like in Magic the Gathering, it's like, oh, I've got four mana on my turn. 
I want to spend four mana instead of playing a three mana guy. I want to play a four mana guy instead of playing two, two mana guys. I want to play a four mana guy because next turn I can play a two mana guy and a three mana guy. Um, now it's like I have four mana. I actually kind of want to play a one mana guy and then save three mana, depending on your spell, like it, depending on the spells that you have, the spells you have on your deck. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot more complexity to being air quotes, mana efficient yeah. in this game and i think it's a real cost um so i'm actually in favor of this just in general the having it always cost one of your turns mana um not even that it just like pushes back the oh well i can slam heimerdinger on five have my fourth or my three mana to have yeah. deny back up and and be safe it it's more like you gotta spend the extra mana from your turn this turn to hold it up. That thing really makes the difference. What do yeah, you guys? It's made uh, a huge difference so far, yeah. and I I think it was actually one of the best changes um, that the devs made um, in regards to whether it be a buff or a nerf. It just showed the efficiency and how they're looking at how they're making their adjustments. Because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I mean. Honestly, I never really thought Deny was that big of a of a big baddie. I mean, I'm used to blue and magic and counter spells. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, I mean that Deny was nothing, <laughs> but <laughs> it it does shift things when you have to spend that one more uh, mana drop or mm -hmm. or spell drop. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the other spells and their power levels. When Deny was at just three, it was kind of low cost for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, what, kind of where I sit, like, I just like changes that make you evaluate cards from a deck builder standpoint. Mm -hmm. I don't like cards that are so strong that it's a three of in every single archetype that's yes. from that faction. And for a while, we saw you're playing Ionia, you play three. It did start changing towards the end where, you know, people playing the Mistrite decks were maybe running two because we were seeing the evolving meta of now first is a thing that mm -hmm. you know, happens. Um, uh, me being a little selfish, you know, I'm a, I'm a War Mother's Call guy. I like seeing Deny well, cost a little war more. War Mother's Call. War Mother's Call, uh, <laughs> you know. But honestly, like, so I, I got into this argument from a lot of people especially in comments on youtube where people are like well war mother's calls unplayable because deny is a card and one that's completely wrong but like two it, like you have to be a better player right like you can't mm -hmm. just blame your losses to the card existing yeah because if you're just trying to windmill slam war mother's call on curve just because you have the mana and haven't thought about your plays you deserve to get denied sorry mm -hmm. but that's a thing uh, so i don't know um, I, I think it's an elegant design change. I, I was fine with Deny being three, um, just because that's, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm a blue player magic. It's whatever. I'm, I'm used to, I'm used to counter spells, but I'm, I'm completely fine with it. Um, even if it's nothing more than to just keep people from pitchforking and burning down every mm -hmm. riot HQ or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's less my mind, my mindset changed when I really understood and it, uh, not even understood, but like really, uh, like appreciated spell mana and like yeah, I'm not, I'm fine with counter spells existing. In fact, I I'm glad that they do. But when I think of it less like negate and more like force of will, yeah, that's exactly. where I start to be like, okay, maybe this needs to actually cost something because yeah. it's like 
It costs, yes, it costs three mana, and yes, it is a cost to save spell mana, but it's an easy cost to play in the first, yeah. like, you build, like, a lot of the decks are going, like, turn one pass, turn two pass, turn three, I have three mana for the turn and three spell mana. Yeah. That's a, like, standard, a relatively standard play, depending on the deck, and it's not that, I mean, maybe this Teemo deck punishes that, but, like, in general, it's not necessarily a super punished move, so, all in all, yeah. I like it. Um, well, and to, to echo that, because I had the same conversation with one of my magic buddies, because he's he was asking about Runeterra, mm-hmm. and he was like, well, is it like Hearthstone, or there's is there interaction with counterspells? I'm like, yeah, there's counterspells in Legend of Runeterra. He's like, oh, like, do they have, like, negate? I'm like, no, they just have force of will. Oh, wait, yeah. that's a little strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, for those of you who aren't, uh, I know we go we go deep inside magic all the time. So yeah, get your drinking. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. We make it. We make a magic reference without explaining it. There's a, there's a shot. Um, Force of will is basically a, a counter spell that you can play for free from your hand. Is if you discard a card, another card, and pay a life. Um, is basically what it is. And deny felt kind of like that because it's like yes, force of will costs something, but it doesn't cost anything really on that turn you pay for it in a different way which is mm-hmm. always worth like bird in the hand is worth two in the bush type of thing uh right that's how that goes um made a boomer reference drink um any other cards on this on this uh list that really uh jump out to you in terms of the changes that happened for me my favorite change of the whole thing was something that i didn't even think about or realize it was the uh fps options <laughs> being able to unlock the fps has so damn huge like really going from 30 frames to 144 frames like one the game is smoother but the animations all go faster so the oh, game actually plays faster I need to uh, do that. it's yeah, it's a huge. huge thing i did not i did not realize that that's awesome yep so yeah it's the, so the stun animations they actually go quicker and like attacks go faster Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's pretty dope i actually forgot about until uh somebody mentioned it uh this afternoon i said oh yeah i went in my settings made the change whoa (laughs) it's it's weird it's like it actually an eerie feeling like even scrolling through menus like because it's so much more like it's smoother and your eyes are like whoa this doesn't seem right it's it's crazy do that literally the second after after the episode that's awesome Danny, any other changes that were made that that jump out to you or that you think are interesting? Well, I mean, I think the Lux change was actually a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't mean to harp on all the champions and stuff, but they do have you know major impact. Sure. Um, and how everyone's crafting and what decks are being played. But you're starting to see a lot more Lux. I mean, we weren't talking about Lux two weeks ago. No. Right. But he was. I mean, she was just sitting off on the bench, you know cheering along but not doing anything really and now all of a sudden she's starting to find a home and the fact that her mystic or um her mystic shot or her final spark um has overwhelm i think mm-hmm. is something a lot of people slept on mm-hmm. and are starting to see the true uh power now especially that she's being able to stick around on the board mm-hmm. um and what that holds i mean it's a real closer it really is it's nice yep i'm not gonna lie I thought that her ability was I've seen six plus mana of spells this turn. So I'm like, oh, man, yeah. it is really hard to level her up. It's like either you need to like have 12 mana, like, yeah, like, you know, turn nine or whatever. It's like, 
or like you need to play her and then hope she survives and then, uh, and then I realized that it was just six mana period regardless of the turns and it counts over like the first time I played against Lux like I literally had not played against Lux or yeah. played against a Lux that actually got the spell off before this patch so um she opened up in my eyes in multiple ways like actually reading the card uh as well as her just being better i mean um we talked about it again and on the show before that stats just matter a lot in this game like the breaking points are huge i mean i think four to five health is not like that's more of a you can block two creatures or two followers like profitably breaking point whereas it's like three is black like two to three is like you now survive mystic shot three to four is you survive uh black spear etc there's not really off the let's top you block of block a hecarim right lets you lets you block a hecarim um there you go and so i don't know if four to what four to five really gets you there in terms of like those specific break points but regardless like it's good for the Lux players. Obviously you're yeah. able to attack more um, and, and get that damage as well as block. So yeah, Lux is a really cool one. Yeah. It's interesting. It's it's so funny. Cause I didn't actually know I had Luxes cause I'd never looked to make a Lux deck. Yep. And then I was like, Oh, she got buffed. I was like, Oh, I have them. So I made a, a yep. couple, I made like the Heimerdinger I one had three. <laughs> yeah. And I had three. I was like, Oh, I guess I can play these things. And it's, it's a really cool archetype. I like, mm-hmm. uh, Demacia control as an idea. I yep. think detain is my favorite card. Detain and purify are my two favorite cards right now. Oh, that combo is sick. Yeah. Oh, wait, you can purify your own guy when you detain yeah. it. And then it yeah. I mean, that's kind of yeah. like a seven mana, two card removal spell, but still it's a cool combo. But the um, coolest thing, I, cause I was playing this and I, I had the, the, galaxy brain moment where i felt like the smartest man on the planet mm-hmm. i was playing 60 chess as someone said uh wait wasn't where that you you can it, no it wasn't me someone said it and oh, then okay. i echoed it oh, okay uh you can detain your own your own lux to protect her from a kill spell yep. so if you have a thing out you have like uh you know a bot from your heimerdinger someone goes to vengeance your lux you can detain her under your own crappy thing mm-hmm. and then you basically have an unblockable unit for the rest of the game because they're never gonna let that die mm-hmm. and like it it makes for such crazy crazy stuff I, when i realized you could detain your own things to keep them alive it it was it it changed I, the game for yep. me i got blown out by someone detaining their own ezreal mm-hmm. uh in the ezreal combo mirror he was running lux ezreal and i was running the traditional Mono Ezreal, uh, Demo- I'm sorry, Freljord as uh, PNZ. And uh, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'll kill your Ezreal. And he like plays Detain. I'm like, um, that okay, Detain work, my right? guy. I'm just going to kill it. And he's like, target my own Ezreal. I'm like, well, that. Ca- oh, crap. He pl- I just got blown out by that because I'm like, well, I guess I had to kill the th- wait. I don't want to kill that. Oh wait, I'm already yeah, exactly. It. Then they get it back. Oh man, I got completely blown out by that, and I wasn't even thinking about it. So, yes, um, you you guys have learned from Saucy's success and my failure, so that you don't have to suffer like I did. I've got one more tip because I, I I figured this out too. Let's hear it. Um, the the detain effect you the the cre- the follower or whatever coming back mm-hmm. from it is not a last breath effect so 
if they play a she who wanders for instance to counter it mm -hmm. you still get the thing back when the when the detain unit dies uh, really? it's not last breath yep oh that makes uh, because sense. yeah exactly so like if you're looking at it it doesn't say last breath or anything it just says detain this has a captured unit right. so he played she who wanders i'm like i'm pretty sure 80 percent if if they let, let this go it'll happen yep sure enough i got my lux back and i won the game on the spot that's awesome yeah I, that makes sense because otherwise like you'd be able to recall the the detainer and it would be mm -hmm. like oh well that'd be pretty yeah be exactly pretty broken. uh detain plus uh what's the one mana recall one of your own guys that'd be a good one i think it's just recall right might be uh <laughs> i don't know um i don't know, I don't know the recall. names of cards <laughs> there we go recall i got it um the last one i want to talk about briefly and for no other reason than I think it's a, I love this card because of <laughs> the voice lines and it was a card I used in the early uh, in the first expedition patch. Is it Battlecaster? It's Arena Battlecaster. I yeah. love that card. Um, it's uh, very much a um, like it, it's just a cool card. Um, like I like two mana like beaters, right? But one health. Talking about breakpoints, like one health is yeah. just so hard to deal with, uh, or to deal with as a like as an attacker, as a person playing as it, a person, yeah. as a person playing it, and also having to attack with it. Which literally, it has an attack ability. I almost wish it was kind of like a, I wish it was a one three something like that, or even a zero that'd four. Be, that'd be insane. I mean, if you think about um, what's the card? Pestermite in in yeah. MTG, it's like a one mana zero with one battle that, cry. with no, no 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 not battle cry. Oh wait, oh it is called battle cry, isn't it? Yeah, in MTG, but it's not battle cry like in uh, Hearthstone. I'm like, it doesn't have battle cry. Oh wait, it does literally have battle cry, but it's not. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that would be a cool one. I mean, even a two two for two is still like they don't want this to be super powerful. I don't think, but um. I mean, it's a cool card. It's got cool voice lines. It's got like the uh, the megaphone voice, yeah, uh, really which sick. is awesome. I I love it. So um, I'm happy that that card got buffed because um, I want to play it anymore. Uh, oh yeah, it's a uh, who's ready to rack up something like that. Um, but yeah, that was that. That's cool. Um, the other ones, I mean, you guys can read them. The big one is Ledros and people. I, I'm Wraith Caller. Oh yeah, and Wraith Caller too. Um, There's I, some stuff still out there though. A lot of fearsome. Yeah. I mean, that. Wraith Caller having fearsome was certainly over the top, but it wasn't the reason yeah. that it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it it was amazing because it made a body that pumped up all of the other ones, and all like, uh, it just also happened to be unblockable like all the other things. So, I mean, I think that's. That's perfectly fine. Rasa and Ledros are two big, um, excuse me, nerfed uh, units in terms of their impact on meta decks, but like it's pretty straightforward. They made them cost more. Yeah. I uh, I did a, a video going over the changes, and I think I don't think that the Ledros change, and to an extent, the Rasa change really does anything in terms of their viability like ledros what match is getting over before turn nine right i mean <laughs> the the, the timo deck <laughs> so like i i get that like you can you can more reasonably go under these decks but even so like 
there's still vile feasts. There's still withering whales. There's still black spears. There's still all of these early game control options. And like, yeah, it, it doesn't matter if it's turn eight or turn nine in a lot of cases. Like I'm sure it does impact some percentage of the games, but like it's still, I think we're going to see Ledros at 10 man at some point. I, I think like even in the, um, even in the, uh, the description of why they changed it and, and the reasoning they're like, um, to partially compensate for the, for the nerf, we're bumping Ledger's power by one. If it connects, it should be ending the game. Mm-hmm. Like they want that to be the thing. It's like, okay, just make it 10 mana at that point. Like make it a 12 five or something, or, you know, make it, make yeah. it big and make it like, I'm fine with that kind, kind of, um, I'm, I'm like, I, I get at least that line of reasoning. If, whether that's balanced or not, I don't know with all of those things on firing on all cylinders, but um, like I think it's going to be 10 man at some point. It seems like they are like, well, this is going to be a big game ending thing. It's like, well, put it at the end of the game, <laughs> you know? So, and then Rasa, I think for the same reason is like Rasa coming on turn seven. Yes. Uh, it's just a different turn to play around it. Honestly, it's like, it coming yeah. out early is obviously better and having that flexibility and saving more mana, blah, blah, blah. But like, it's still such a powerful effect. Rasa was like the first non champion card that I played and saw played that I was like, Oh, this is just like way better than a champion. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's so good. It's like, yeah, you can do like the champions are cool and they have powerful effects, but like Rasa is just like, you're gonna lose. Seven mana win the game. Yeah, it's like okay, and now it's eight mana win the game, which I'm I'm, is certainly a uh, a price I'm willing to pay for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other ones are pretty either unimpactful in the. the... Crimson was actually pretty impactful for Vlad decks, although Vlad's still not a very uh powerful archetype to build around and it it did help i mean yeah i I do like that they're giving us a little taste of like little bits and pieces for some of these other decks like crimson curator didn't see the card played a single time across Mm -hmm. expedition or constructed so let's give it something especially like crimson curator is a card that is based around surviving damage and when it only has two health it's like um I'm paying for a three mana, three, two, already not great. It needs to take exactly one damage, and then you get another copy in your hand. Okay, that obviously combos with Vlad, but this one, like, then it's like the second time you attack with it, Vlad, it dies, and you don't even get the copy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. really hard to get that going. Now it's at least got a chance. Um, and then, of course, the elusives and I guess the whole Ionia package of cards getting changed um, is pretty good. Still saw a bunch of inspiring mentors today. Yeah, <laughs> still great. It's still good. It just you can play around it now. It's like, well, mm-hmm. you've got your uh, four or five uh, Kinku Life Blade. Guess I die. There's no way I'm killing that. Yep, exactly. I think. I think the most interesting thing about the whole patch as a whole was all of the cards that we weren't seeing any play getting buffed made people at least think about them as viable choices. 
Um, yep. Like I saw some decks running Jeweled Protector because it's one of those things mm -hmm. like you don't think about a lot of these cards until it's brought up in a patch notes. You're like, oh yeah, that's a thing that exists. I can mess with it. So I, I had a good discussion with someone about like, can we make a Tortured Prodigy deck? Like some kind of Shadow Isles combo deck that like you glimpse your own guys and refill your mana and do stuff. And like that conversation would have never happened because I forgot Tortured Prodigy existed. Yep. But now that it, it was in patch notes, I'm like, okay, this is a thing maybe I can think about. I knew it existed because when I saw it in packs in Expedition, I knew not to take that pack. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this one? This made it was just an easy. Uh, it was an easy thing for me. Um, the last sort of interesting thing about this patch was their specific inclusion of what they're calling the watch list, which we've talked about before. It's like they didn't quite get changed, but we got our eye on you. And they've got Fearsome as well as Control as an archetype on here. Uh, Danny, what are your thoughts on, you know, Fearsome being on here as well as just the, like, Control archetype being on the whole. watch list? Yeah, as a whole. Watch list is code for, yes, we're probably going to nerf <laughs> something in the future. I mean, right. watch list, is, it's like one of those pre-pre-announcement kind of things. Um, but, I mean... <sighs> Fearsome, I really don't think Fearsome needs too much of a nerf, especially the way things are right now. Um, Shadow Elves, yeah. <laughs> Throw it on the watch list. It, it definitely needs it because um, it's still so OP. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know specifically if the next patch is supposed to affect champions. Um, it might because the way they had their layout was it was uh, – um kind of like let's see what things are doing now we're going to make some minor changes and then we're going to have a really uh a somewhat larger yeah. um buffer nerf and i think in the upcoming one that watch list is just kind of like a heads up like all right look i know you're all upset still about shadow isles but yeah we're going to take care of it but we need some more playtesting time mm -hmm. we need to see what's going to happen with the meta going on right now and then we can kind of finalize our decision I like the watch list. Um, it just kind of gives them, it gives them a little bit of like, hey guys, we didn't fix it here, but we got our eye on it. I mean, that's literally what they're saying. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I just worry, and and this is based entirely off of just like my thought process, not a demonstrated, demonstrated that they're going to do this. It's like, I worry that it's like, oh, well they put Fearsome in the watch list. So like, it's ingraining that in the minds of the players that Fearsome's going to get changed next patch. And then if it doesn't, people are going to be like, well, guys, it was on the watch list, so why did they change it? And they can they can yeah. say, hey, we looked at the data and did all these things, and it, it wasn't really an issue, and we can show you why. I mean, they don't have to, but they could. And even if they do, people are going to be like, yeah, but what about the watch list from patch 0 0.9.0? .0? I remember specifically you putting Fearsome on that, and it's not changed. Why not? And, um, I mean, at the end of the day, that opinion probably doesn't matter, but it also, like... It, it still exists. It's little things like that that, like, make people hate the communities of games. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I think overall, uh, overall scale of let's say one one to ten, one being uh, just revert the patch now it was a waste of time, and ten being like this is the this is exactly what I want to see 
in a patch every single time. Where do you guys rate this? Danny, we'll start with you. I don't know if I want to see it every single time. Sometimes you're going to have to make big changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as rating it on a scale for a minor patch, I mean, it's a nine or a 10 for me. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just really, really well done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, the watch list is just there to kind of keep an eye on things and kind of cool everybody's jets about, mm-hmm. oh, this this deck is too op and nobody can beat it it's the only thing i see mm-hmm. you know and, and that's all perception anyways what day did you play you know because right. whatever everybody's playing on saturday is much different than what everybody was playing yep. on tuesday mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah i mean there's gonna have to be those those patches where you know something big has to get changed that's pretty pretty much i mean standard for the course mm-hmm. um but i would majority wise i love what they just did with this one keep it up great work you know saucy where what are you rating it as yeah i i'd probably give it around an eight or so um i'm really happy with it 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 was impressive how much the meta did shift even from so many minor changes Mm -hmm. like it it got to be i mean we're like towards the end of right before his patch to seeing almost nothing but um wraith caller fearsome decks yep uh but then like playing yesterday i saw so many different decks and just getting people thinking about you know new archetypes and things again was really good so i i'm happy with it i like new stuff yeah new stuff's always good i'm gonna go with a i'll go with an eight i'll go with an 8.5 i think i don't i don't know if there's any specific right yeah (laughs) yeah i'm prices right again uh i'll go with a nine i'll go with an 8.9 bob uh, I don't think there's any change specifically to a card or a system that they talked about that I'm actively against. I think everything was a thumbs up for me, at least. If not, I mean, at worst, it was a thumb middle where I don't, I don't care enough about it. And I don't even think that's the case. The only thing that was a little weird for me was Jeweled Protector, but it's not. It, it, it got better, so I'm happy. Um, yeah. And I think the incremental changes are good i want to see those types of incremental changes more often i think they're better it's like the opposite of what you see in card games normally where hearthstone doesn't do a change for four months magic literally can't change without banning something uh with the exception of erratas but for the most part they can't change anything uh because they have cards printed on cardboard uh, they have ink on cardboard yeah. that they can't go uh, mark rosewater has to go door to door and say hey do you guys have any okos we're going to change this plus to a minus um yeah. <laughs> have a, a little stamp on there that does that can't do it so i like it i almost would have liked to see more cards changed um but that's just my greedy i want more stuff i want to play with more different stuff yeah. not a like they should change more things because that's the correct number i'm just greedy um, but actually the less stuff they do the more i think the meta will shift sure um I th- it's because they did only a few things here and there that we're seeing such a variety if there was mm-hmm. too many i think it just would have been overwhelming and sure. a lot of stuff would have gotten missed yep i agree okay let's put a bow on the patch notes and we'll move into our final section here where we'll take some listener questions. We got some good ones in here. Maybe do uh, one or two because we are running pretty late on time here. Um, 
I know. Uh, let's go. Yeah, let's go top down. I was gonna say. Quick. Yeah, I was gonna say, Danny. There is one in here specifically uh, that was. Uh, at you uh and guys remember go to discord.me slash rune terrible radio we have a listener listener question section there if you want your question on the show throw it in there we have we've got a bit of a backlog here so we're trying to make our way through some questions or to at least answer them throughout the show so get them in there uh, discord.me slash rune terrible radio but the grecken asks danny what recommendations do you have for a teacher getting started with a high school esports team, and then a connection, a connected questions, connected question, thought on college esports. Yeah, that was an awesome, awesome question. Um, and I honestly had to do some legwork <laughs> before the podcast because I knew about on the collegiate level that it was growing. Uh, I did mm-hmm. an article back in I think it was November, um, where Arena was actually added. Uh, see here, what was it called? To the Collegiate Star League. Um, so, esports in college, you know, they're offering scholarships. They're mm-hmm. offering um, a chance for, you know, growth within competitive. I mean, mm-hmm. it's I mean, that's ground grassroots right there. And in high schools, it's really taking off too. But the problem is, I don't know if it's all states or most states are not recognizing it mm-hmm. outside of a, an activity. Um, so to speak. Um, so, but even if it's uh, listed as an activity, um, let's see here. Uh, one of the NBC did a really good article, and I'll, I'll post some links um, in uh, the Discord um, afterwards. But uh, just to throw out some stats here, um, the National Federation of State High School Associations basically picked up um, 19,500 high schools uh, just this last year. And uh, they're actually running a five-year contract through uh, Play Versus that are mm-hmm. uh, streaming all the events. And these high schools are getting a lot of grants and stuff from, um, do, 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 do. it's called the High School Esports League. Yep. There's about 2,500 uh, schools in that right now. Um, so there's, I mean, there's a ton going on. And even if it's not recognized as, so, you know, a so-called sport, Taking that activities route and just getting it going mm-hmm. um, is not that hard. Um, and then once they get that ball rolling, there I mean, there's funding. You can get computers. You can get scholarships for the kids going into colleges. I, I read, I, I saw a bunch of different numbers. Uh, NBC said 200. Another article said about 150. But I mean, still, if you've got anywhere between 100 and 200 colleges just within the last year, Mm-hmm. that are running esports leagues and offering scholarships can you imagine what it's going to be in the next two three years yep yeah it's 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 insane um so yeah there's a ton of stuff going on there i think it's really cool um i wish i had that as a kid growing up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can you imagine having a D esports league <laughs> yeah that'd be crazy <laughs> yeah um Grecken, what I would say is um, if you have specific questions about starting a high school esports team or like varsity esports in your high school, I'm assuming based on the question that you are a teacher or no teachers, um, you can hit me up directly on Discord. I actually have connections with um, folks that run high school esports programs and like help schools do that. So if, if it's something that you're legitimately looking into doing, hit me up. I can put you in contact with those people. Um, but at a, at a, at a higher level, um, yeah, 
just even if it's just starting the club, because I, I think about like when I was in high school, like me and my buddies started like the gaming club in general, mm-hmm. and we played tabletop games, and like that was a big thing for our school because it's like I grew up in sort of a rural area, and like obviously people play games and, and whatnot. Like I'm not super old. I'm, I'm esports old, but I'm not super, super old. Like we, you know, played video games and stuff. Uh, but like, there was nothing like that at all. No. And like, people came out of the woodwork to join that club. It's like people don't like you don't even know who's playing that. And like, so much. Like, I also did traditional sports too. So like, I didn't really have like I, you know I knew pe- I knew people and like had a good high school experience. But like, a lot of people in that club. And we did it for two years. Uh, I started in my junior year, junior and senior year. A lot of people, like, they didn't have, like, a group of friends besides that. Like, or, or, like you know, they we met a, they met a lot of people and, like, uh, you know, gained a lot from that club. So even if it's not, like, a, like, oh, this is the high school esports varsity program that's playing across the country, it can be something like a club that is pushing in the right direction because... I completely agree with what you um, said, Danny. Like this, it's a foregone conclusion. Like it, it's, it's going to happen. It's not a like, well, are we going to, is esports going to be a thing? Is gaming going to be like a, a part of culture? It's like, it's going to happen. And like, I'm, I'm obviously preaching to the choir here as someone who's listening to a video game podcast. Like you, that's like, I don't need to convince you, but, uh, some people like, especially in schools need that convincing. Um, and then again, I don't, I, I could, I could do a whole, I could probably do a whole podcast on, on this topic. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm long winded here specifically on college esports. Um, a, a lot of different colleges and universities have done and, and organizations honestly have done air quotes, college esports, and it has sucked in a lot of, in a lot of ways because it's a, an, it's an esports event that is featuring where the teams are college colleges, uh, and no one, at least right now, the um, like people don't care more about uh, you know Duke esports than Cloud Nine in this scene. Yeah. So what you're what you're seeing is a essentially tier two or tier three or lower level team playing not the highest level of game. And we're just not at the point where people care about that right now. It's not like in basketball or football where it's like the NCAA is the essentially tier two for the NFL. And like in a lot of ways, it's different enough that that feeds into that and people like that inherently. And they went to that college and all that. Yeah. It needs to be, if you're thinking about doing college esports, it needs to be college esports not esports featuring college um and i'll leave it on that because i could i could talk for another hour about that but well but going back on the topic of having them in high schools that will really help um kind of move that along if we start honestly i think it should start in high schools before it even hits the college level right to be honest yeah um but yeah the more the more teachers the more uh coaches or whoever you know talks to those activities people Mm -hmm. and gets even just whether there's scholarships involved or not, just on a high school level, mm-hmm. it grows talent and talent fuels the rest of the industry. Yep. Um, and that's what we need. I mean, there's, 
we're going to hit a point here or a bubble um, or a glass ceiling um, as far as talent goes mm -hmm. um, coming into a lot of these different games unless we start uh, creating on those much lower levels, whether it be high school and so on, mm -hmm. um, places for these kids to thrive and to get yep. better. Because um, there's there's the difference between a prodigy and trained talent. They can yep. be the same and and compete on equal levels, whether you're a prodigy or you learned it. And yeah, the, the more high school stuff we see, the better. I'm all for it. Yep, 100%. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing, like even kind of like what Blevins was saying about there, there may be a lot of people who might not even know they're interested in something like this until mm -hmm. the opportunity arises to them. Yep. Um, like, especially when it comes to like tabletop games, because I mean, I, I've always played D&D &D and whatnot. And I've had so many friends that come from my esports friends, like my, my magic friends and whatnot, like, I don't know if I like that. And then like, well, just you welcome in and be like, just come sometime. And now my group of people is like, all these nerdy gamers who didn't think like they would yep. none of my current D and D friends thought they would have been like D and D people until yep. they tried it. So like just giving them the options, they may not know, you might not know that you like uh counter-strike or whatever until you actually play mm -hmm. it. And then it might be, Hey, you know, I thought I just liked football, but uh, I'm actually really good at counter-strike, yep. you know? So just giving them the option. For sure. All right, let's do, let's do one more here. Um, we talked a little bit about this, so we don't necessarily need to go too deep into it, but Silent Eric asks, with the patch notes and the patch notes release, what do you expect to face more now? Do you expect to face more of the same decks with slightly different options in them, or do you think people are going to radically change archetypes or regions? And maybe not even specifically for like today and yesterday, because it's like literally hot off the presses and people are trying new things, but maybe as the meta develops, do you think that we're going to eventually get back to just seeing nothing but mist wraiths, or are we actually going to see a seat uh, you know, seat change in the in the meta, Danny. Oh, are you asking me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, we're already seeing the changes, and yeah, I mean, you're still always going to go back to some classics that work mm -hmm. for you because you're going to test things out, and then maybe you, you get a mashup of you know uh, some kind of a uh, um, spider, you know, um, aggro burn deck or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just the, the, there's no limit to what Don Speaker Timo. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're always going to see the meta level out at some point after a couple weeks. I mm -hmm. mean, that's pretty standard because yep. um, everybody wants to rank up and they only want to play the best decks and yep. they want to keep their rank on masters and so on and so forth. Um, which is why these minor changes are awesome and uh, the nurse and the bus, but. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see the same old, same old. I think it's going to keep continually growing and growing. And then they're going to drop a new set on us. And yep. Yeah. <laughs> Change everything completely. We're going to be playing Void Teemo, whatever that ends up being. <laughs> Ooh, I'm all about it. Yeah, I think this is this is interesting because um, I've been, again, the, the games are early and all that, but I've seen so much of... Um, the meta correcting itself and uh -huh. different archetypes be born so quickly um, to the point of where things that we think are memes, i.e. Teemo, uh, turn True. out to be legitimately strong. Um, and I am going to say this. I think the Elnuk package is legitimately good. Um, we like I, I brought the Elnuk meme deck a, a couple weeks ago as just a joke, but 
I think the Elmec package, it, it it's a high roll package similar to something you'd see in like Hearthstone, where you just have the ability to just win on turn four, or turn five out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and that's like the War Mother's call deck that I'm playing that I made as a complete meme joke. I, I'm something like thirteen and three with it or something <laughs> right now. It's 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 been insane. Like just being able to troop of Elmux on turn four because you have a Weirding Stones and it fills the board and you win. Like yep. it's. I think that I've, I've seen a lot of people messing with it with in Azrael decks as well because um, we've seen like the Poros um, and Elmux now. So I, I don't know. It's just it's interesting. Uh, maybe we'll see people messing with Yeti decks, <laughs> try to oh make them a God. thing. <laughs> I was gonna say Poros are next. I would we gotta get love, that fluffed. I would love to see a, a like it even tier two Poro deck. I would love to see that. Uh, I did get a seven win expedition run with a Poro deck, uh, and the Elnuk Ezreal version sucks. By the way, don't play it. Uh, <laughs> but um, that's gonna be it for our listener questions, guys. Again, Discord.me/slash/RuinTerribleRadio. Get your questions in. I'm I'm not kidding. We are good. We are going to be getting through some of these questions. I, we've got like a a freaking one, two, three, four, five. Six, like we've got a backlog of like seven or eight questions here. So we do see your questions and we do appreciate them. Hopefully they, if we don't answer them on the day of, we kind of talk about uh, the concepts uh, at some point. So again, keep them coming. Uh, we really do appreciate it. But that's going to bring us to the end of our show. Danny. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, chatting with us. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. Sorry about all the sound issues and stuff, but I really appreciate you guys. I blame uh, Discord me every on. time. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it's my headset. It's all my headset. <laughs> it is all good. But uh, Danny, where can people find you on the internet? Sell out, shout out, plug whatever you like. The floor is yours. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at uh, Danny Space Coast. And of course, check out .esports. Uh, it's not just LOR, but anything from LOL to Hearthstone, Magic. I mean, we got everything covered. A um, lot of good writers, uh, tons of awesome people, cranking out awesome content every day. Um, so definitely check out .esports. And, uh, yep, that's about it for me. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Danny. Saucy, where can people find you when not hanging out in the awesomest Discord in the land? <laughs> the awesomest Discord. First, I do want to mirror .esports is awesome. I actually didn't even know they were doing uh, Legends of Terra content until I met Danny. Um, I, I followed them from Overwatch and CSGO because yep. I watch a lot of CSGO and Overwatch, even though I don't play those games. Um, so uh, thank you, Danny, for writing for them because uh, it made me happy. I didn't know that you guys were doing Runeterra until you existed. Um, but yeah, if you want to follow me other than uh, Discord.me, slash room terrible radio uh i'm everywhere i'm just saucy mailman uh youtube twitch um twitter all those places um i put out a lot of rune terra videos like almost every day oh yeah for sure yeah <laughs> a lot of elmic videos and a lot of timo videos <laughs> yes war moother's call i i will Dude, forever it's, so it's such a good it's such a cool deck um guys you can find me just find me in the Discord. There's nowhere else you need to be except for deckpicks.live, D-E-C-K-P-I-C-S.live. It exists. You think it's a that meme. Website. It is a real thing. We own it. Uh, or runeterrible.com. Discord.me slash runeterribleradio is the place to be. We're going to have all the links to all the shows, guests. I mean, guys, you guys keep it popping. It, no joke. Uh, the community is active and it's awesome so keep it up we love it we love you 
And um, until next time for Saucy Mailman, for Danny Space Coast, I am Blevins, and we will catch you guys next week when we talk about more Legends of Rune Terra. Yeah.